0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the spot. With me, your favorite pop culture, Afro-7, as my people outside call me. Um, I'm here with His Excellency, the governor of Kaduna, who has graciously agreed to do this interview. Um, Good evening, sir. Welcome. Good evening. All right. happy to be here. Thank you, sir. Um, So today, I've got some questions for you about Kaduna state, essentially. And maybe you can give us a bit of an insight into your own life in public service. Um, this is mainly to encourage young people who are thinking of getting into Nigerian politics, who are unsure about how to go about it. Um, like I said to you before we started the interview, I read your book, so I know that this, I mean it was called The Accidental Public Servant, but I could see that you have taken certain steps to put you into the right position that you're in right now. You're a qualified quantity surveyor, I believe. You, yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. And essentially your, your service spoke for itself. So when the time came, the right people knew you because of the work you've done. So, um, I mean, the lesson for that, and I don't want to preach to you guys, but the lesson for that is whatever you're doing right now, please do it well. And that way your own name will speak for itself. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you once again, Governor. Right. So being governor of Kaduna State, how is it so far?
1: Uh, It's so far so difficult. is the I've said this uh, in several fora, and I'll say it again, it's a tough time to be governor in Nigeria. That's right. Oil prices have collapsed, oil production has been decimated by vandalism and insurgency in the Niger Delta. Mm. So all states except Lagos are struggling. Right. Uh, so along with other states, Kaduna is also struggling, we are a little better off than other states. Mm-hmm. Because we are big, we have a population. We are the third largest uh, state in Nigeria in terms of population, so we get a bit of revenue from federation account. Mm. But all the same, it is quite difficult uh, trying to run a government that is addicted to oil at hundred dollars a barrel. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, suddenly we are having to deal with twenty, thirty dollars, uh, forty dollars a barrel oil. So mm. it's it's been quite difficult. But as in everything in life, uh, you do the best you can. Mm. Uh, you, you explain to the citizens what the situation is. You ask for their goodwill and prayer. Mm. And uh, uh, you leave the rest to God. Okay.
0: Given, given that all prices have collapsed and you're not getting the same allocation Kaduna might have received, say 2014-13, how have you adapted that in terms of staff, your style of governance, which cuts have you had to make, etc.?
1: Well, you know, from day one, we sort of saw the handwriting on the wall Mm -hmm. because oil prices started collapsing uh, not overnight, but gradually. Mm -hmm. So we, we, as we were campaigning, we were thinking through what to do if we won. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so immediately we got in based on the work of our transition committee. We... uh, began from day 1 with shrinking the size of our government oh, nice. we 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 reduced the number of uh, ministries uh, significantly we reduced the number of commissioners that headed ministries from 24 in the previous administration to 13 in our administration
2: oh. uh
1: we also uh, cut down on overhead spending overheads uh, Uh, expenditures by ministries, departments, and agencies to cover things like uh, transportation, tea, coffee, travel, and so on. We cut back on that. We cut 60% of that. Uh, So from day one, we started with cost-cutting. We also began to uh, verify our workers to ensure that we didn't have any ghosts. And, and it has paid off quite significantly. The first month we were in office, the payroll at the state level was 2.7 billion naira mm-hmm. a month. Uh, it's now down to 2.2 billion. So we've shaved off about 500 million naira a month just by fishing out Ghost workers. So we, we, we took those steps uh, to cut our costs mm-hmm. uh, according to what we believe is affordable and we have not stopped. We've uh, significantly reduced As an example, in 2015, the budget for the government house, which is the residence of the governor and the office that runs the machinery of government, was 2.2 billion naira. Wow. Uh, uh, This year, our budget for the government house was 500 and something million about a quarter or less than a third of what it was. And this is what we've tried to do across the board, to try to cut down on costs to Mm. reduce waste and plug leakages so that uh, the resources that we have can be better utilized in social investments and physical infrastructure, Mm. which we need to grow our state and uh, give the young people the opportunities. For employment and for their development, mm-hmm. so that's what we've been doing. It's been tough. The system pushes back, as you know. Yes. And um, when you inherit a system that is used to impunity, it is often difficult to change the direction. It will not be done in one month or two or even two years. Mm-hmm. But but we are pushing ahead, nevertheless, and uh, we've we, we've registered some successes in mm-hmm. some areas and uh, uh, failures in others. That's mm-hmm. how life is. Yes.
0: Yes. Of course. Mm-hmm. So Kaduna is one of Nigeria's, uh, I mean, it's, it's the third largest state by population, as you said, mm-hmm. but it's also one of Nigeria's uh, most volatile states, in quotes, mm-hmm. owing to the stark divisions when it comes to religion. Mm-hmm. And in the past, this has been used for political gain, et cetera. So how, I mean, recently, we've seen incidents in Kaduna with the with IMN, the shia movement mm. we've seen the continued killings in southern kaduna mm. how are you addressing this um, and i say this because what concerns me as an observer of nigerian pol- politics and as a nigerian is the impunity that you refer to just now the impunity with which murderers of nigerians mm. appear to enjoy mm. nobody appears to ever be brought to book yeah. for killing maiming and hurting nigerians and i know that the killings in southern kaduna according to the reports are still going on today mm. and there's also the problem of imn now the controversy with imn is its leader is still in captivity mm. now i don't know if this is state captivity or federal captivity i'm not i'm not i'm mm. not sure about that mm. so how are you managing these differences and these difficulties one two do you think that the perhaps your attempts at managing the situation, has in some way exacerbated the situation,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or do you believe that there are things that you haven't done that you could do better?
1: Well, in this life, you know, um, you can always do things better, and uh, with the benefit of hindsight, you can always say, oh, I should have done things this way or that way. That is how human nature is, this is how life is. But I think that in the area of security, uh, we've done the best we can. I have not met anyone who has told us that he or she can do better or mm. different. Mm. Uh, the state we inherited uh, faced two kinds of uh, serious insecurity problems, more than the normal. Okay. Mm. Um, in the northern parts of Kaduna, we've had proliferation of cattle rustling. Yes. And uh, and uh, banditry. In southern Kaduna, what we inherited was a situation in which communities were getting killed. Uh, without any understanding as to why. Uh, we addressed both, uh, and I, we've had a large degree of success in addressing both of them. Uh, for, for the cattle rustling, we realized that the problem was uh, the ungoverned forests uh, that border Kaduna and five or six other states, mm. because the cattle rustlers used that as refuge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we organized ourselves as seven uh, Northwest governors, plus Niger, and uh, raised money to fund a military operation that more or less decimated Kato Roslin. Kato Roslin is no longer a major security threat, Mm -hmm. and we dealt with that in a matter of two, three months after taking office. However, the unintended consequences of the decimation of Kato Roslin was the emergence of kidnapping Mm -hmm. by the same former cattle rustlers as uh, as another threat, and uh, we are dealing with that as well. We have uh, addressed it mostly. You still have one or two high-profile kidnapping, Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
1: which makes the headlines, but as far as uh, kidnapping as a very serious threat is concerned, we've contained it more or less. We have more than 400 uh, suspected kidnappers in custody. Mm -hmm. So we get them. They may succeed in kidnapping, but uh, once they receive the payment, we trust them and we get them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are going through the legal processes. Uh, But what is uh, what is uh, interesting, and this is why I said that the success in dealing with cattle rustling led to kidnapping, is that ninety-five percent of all the kidnappers we have in custody are Fulanis. Mm -hmm. So it was the cattle rustlers that move to, to, to kidnapping, and, and but we are dealing with that, as mm-hmm. I said, and we are investing in equipment and technologies
2: mm-hmm.
1: that will enable us to do it even better, and uh, since the new Inspector General of Police took office, mm-hmm. he's been incredibly supportive of our efforts, and that has been more or less been contained. Okay. okay in Southern Kaduna, as I said, we inherited a situation in which people were getting killed, and we didn't understand why or what was the basis. It is very easy to reduce these narratives to full herdsmen and farmers' clash. Mm. But we asked ourselves, why was it not happening anywhere else? Why was mm. it not happening in Niger? Why was it not happening in Kaduna? Mm. Uh, why Kaduna? And uh, we set up a committee under General Martin Luther who was former chief of army staff of Nigeria mm-hmm. and former chief of defense staff to look into this, and they went round the state, and what they came up with was quite enlightening. They established that the roots of the killings in southern Kaduna uh, are in the 2011 post-election violence, mm. um, and most of those that were responsible for the killings were revenge attacks from Fulanese from outside Nigeria uh it is usual we learned around March, April, May for the pastoralists that come from 14 African countries mm-hmm. okay uh, to start moving up back to their destinations because as soon as the grass dries in those countries
2: mm-hmm.
1: in Mali, Senegal, uh, Burkina Faso uh, and Cote d'Ivoire, Sierra Leone, they start moving with their cattle mm-hmm. down to mid to southern nigeria mm-hmm. looking for, for, for pasture and usually from about february march they start moving up because mm-hmm. the rains have started so they would like to go back home mm-hmm. in time uh to for, for 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 the farming season as well as they were passing through kaduna state the 2011 elections took place in april
2: mm-hmm.
1: and violence broke out and uh, communities in southern kaduna uh, suffered the brunt of huge killings. Mm-hmm. Over eight hundred people were uh, alleged to have been killed, uh, and many of these Fulani's Fulani pastoralists that mm-hmm. were passing through got caught in the violence. Mm-hmm. They just happened to be passing through,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, many of them were killed. Their livestock were uh, destroyed, and so on. And it is the tradition of the Fulani that when you kill one of theirs, they will settle the scores. So Mm -hmm. it was the consequences of the events of April 2011 that we've seen reprisal attacks taking place in Southern Kaduna.
0: So today? Uh,
1: No. Uh, Till then. Mm -hmm. Till the time we took over. Mm -hmm. And around August we received the report of the Awai committee and we took certain steps to reach out to some of the aggrieved communities in Cameroon, Chad, Niger. I think uh, Côte d'Ivoire, Sierra Leone, mm-hmm. we sent uh, delegations to these countries mm-hmm. and they searched out those the Fulani communities in those countries mm-hmm. and explained to them that there is a new governor, a new government and we essentially came to say we are sorry. Mm-hmm. If this has happened, this is what happened, mm-hmm. we are willing to pay compensation uh, cash compensation for crops, for sorry, for for livestock, mm-hmm. for lives. But the killing should stop. There is no sense in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, those that did it have gone. It's mm-hmm. a new government. And we offered our olive uh, branch. Mm-hmm. And many of the communities
2: accepted
1: yeah. the apology mm-hmm. and said, OK,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all we wanted was for someone to say we're sorry.
0: Technology, yeah, yes.
1: Okay. Uh, and one or two required uh, payment for livestock lost. Mm-hmm. And we're happy as state government to provide the money for that. So between uh, August 2015 until the early parts uh, of the summer this year, we've had relative peace and quiet in Southern Mm -hmm. Kaduna because of the steps that we took. So essentially the 2011 problem was more or less settled. Mm -hmm. But what we are seeing now was a small problem that started in one community called Ninte in Jamaa local government a dispute between two uh, between Fulaniis that have lived there and the lo- and, and the indigenous population that have li- they have coexisted for 200 years mm-hmm. okay a small misunderstanding that i think was not managed well and was not drawn to our attention quickly enough mm-hmm. and it began to take a life of its own this mm-hmm. is what we are having to deal with uh, Along the lines, the some PDP politicians have been buying weapons mm-hmm. and arming young people to resort to self help on the grounds that the government is doing little or nothing, which is absolute nonsense. Because, mm-hmm. as I said, for months we've been doing this mm-hmm. and we had brought relative peace and quiet to southern Kaduna, mm-hmm. uh, which the opposition politicians were not happy with. Mm-hmm. And I think they took advantage of the small problem in Ninte to well the crisis. This is what is going on. The security agencies are aware, and I've been monitoring some of them, and uh, I'm hoping that very soon arrests will be effected. Yeah, I mean, further but
0: to my further to my question, yeah, are we going to have individuals who are going to be punished?
1: They for will fueling be fueling this violence. They will be. They Nigerians will be.
0: die for nothing. They will,
1: they will be. They will be. There is enough information on them, and uh, money flows and communications that have been monitored for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to bring them to account. Mm-hmm. But that is at one level. That is at the level of those that are planning and doing this from a distance. But at the operational level, the so-called youths that are being paid and being drugged to do this are also being arrested.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and they will be brought to justice. Uh, there was a case of uh, a Fulani man who saw his brother with uh, bloodied, gowns Mm -hmm. and reported to the traditional ruler that look I suspect my brother of being up to no good because Mm -hmm. he keeps going out at night we don't know why but I saw him with blooded gown Mm -hmm. and I think he is up to no good so I'm reporting to you to look into this bring in the police Mm -hmm. this is his own blood brother Mm -hmm. yet when uh, the traditional ruler got the police to bring the brother in, mm. and with this uh, elder brother as witness, some youths were instigated to go to the police station and get one of them and kill him. Mm. We have four of these youths in custody, they are being charged for culpable homicide, mm-hmm. and by God, if they are convicted, I will sign their, their death warrants. Okay, We must make it clear that nobody should resort to self-help. Nobody should break the law without consequence. And this is what we are going to do. Now, as you have said, this impunity has become a way of life in Nigeria. And people has. just think they can get away with it. It will take time, many convictions, before people get the message. But we are arresting people. We are detaining them. We are putting them through trial. Uh, the, the judicial system is very slow, unfortunately. Yes. It will take time before the message gets out. But mm-hmm. it is getting there. And we are very focused on this Two days ago, I got a report. I was, I was in France, uh, negotiating with Pujo to, 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 to establish another Pujo assembly plant in Kaduna. When I got reports that some people have blocked the road and killed two or three people in Samaru Kataf, and I've sent a message that whoever did that must be arrested. Don't tell me youths have done something. Oh. I want names. We want prosecution. And if you are unable to produce them, a divisional police officer or uh, the traditional ruler, I will come after you
2: yeah.
1: with everything I've got, and we are getting results. We are getting arrests. In the past, these things happened. There are no arrests at mm-hmm. all. Yes, but we are getting arrests. We are getting investigations. We are getting prosecutions. Uh, we have not convicted anyone yet, but mm-hmm. we intend to. We intend to. This must. This nonsense must stop. Must stop. Uh, That leads me sheer uh, question. Yeah, well, th- th- that is that. That is a more a serious issue yes. in my opinion because it is something that has built up over the last 30 years uh, since the Iranian Revolution uh, when Ibrahim al-Zadzaki uh, you know brought in Shi'ism into Nigeria and uh, but it is not uh, Shi'ism itself that is the issue mm. uh, everyone is uh, free to practice his own religion but the problem of the IMN where it differs from other Shia organizations, and there are some other Shia organizations operating in Nigeria. Indeed, in Kaduna there are two other Mm -hmm. Shia organizations that we don't have any problem with. The problem we have with al Zagzeki's organization that calls itself the IMN is that they do not recognize Nigeria's constitution. Mm -hmm. They do not recognize Buhari as president. They do do, do not recognize me as governor. Mm -hmm. They don't register to vote. They believe that their allegiance is to Iran, not to Nigeria. They believe that uh, Nigerian law does not apply to them. They routinely engage in activities that infringe on the properties, uh, on the on the rights of others. They block highways uh, during their trekking uh, processions. They they occupy schools. Mm. They they have a paramilitary wing that carries weapons. These are all in violation of the Nigerian constitutional laws, and the I M N do not believe that our constitutional laws apply to them. Uh, this is why they felt entitled to block a federal highway mm. and block the chief of army staff from driving through the highway. It is an attitude that has built up over the years. They have uh, been engage in impunity because no one has brought them to order, and they mm-hmm. felt entitled to do what they did, mm-hmm. which led to the clash between them and the Nigerian army in December 2015. Uh, the result of that was the 347 people who were, who were killed. We had the duty as state government to bury them, mm. and we set up a judicial commission of inquiry to establish the root causes and the immediate causes of the clash. and to hold anyone that is culpable responsible. The Commission of Inquiry has submitted a very good report, very balanced in my opinion. I read the
0: report. report. And
1: and the the, the government of Kaduna State has considered the report and has issued a white paper. The white paper is going to be published today as we speak. Is it
0: going to be available online?
1: It will be available online today, by God's Mm -hmm. grace. Um, And uh, we have taken certain decisions from that. Uh, One of the decisions uh, will be to prosecute uh, Ibrahim al Zagzaki whenever the federal government lets us have him.
0: So he's in the federal government's custody?
1: He is in the custody of the uh, uh, state security service. He's he's in the custody of the federal government. As soon as we are ready with the charges against him, him, he will have his day in court. uh,
0: Pardon me for interrupting you. So Mm -hmm. I have one question on that. You've given an example of how the state dealt with the southern Kajuna um, issue.
1: Mm.
2: You
0: opened lines of dialogue, even up across countries and cross continents on the top. Yes. Was there no line of dialogue to El Zeki prior to this incident occurring? Because I believe I've seen photos of you and him and yeah. in public. Look, so was there the... no way, considering the issue, like you said, has yeah. been ongoing for thirty years? Was yeah. there no way that this issue could have been addressed with him before it escalated to the level that it did? I'm not sure
1: we. Uh, I'm not sure we we were in a position to. Prevent what happened mm. in a way. Now let me give you a little bit of history. Ibrahim al and and my humble self were both in the Madibeng University in the seventies. Mm. Were both active in the Muslim Student Society. Mm-hmm. I knew him from back then.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I know the sort of person he is. I know the animal I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Okay, now. There are pictures of, uh, of the two of us because when in 2013 or 2014, mm-hmm. three of his children were killed in another previous clash with the yes, army, which yes. was never investigated by yeah. the way, uh, I went to condole him mm-hmm. because I lost my daughter uh, a, a couple of years earlier. I know the pain of having to lose a child,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so I went to condole him. And uh, those are the pictures that you see. Yes. It wasn't Nasser El-Rufai campaigning, as mm-hmm. alleged by the, by by his supporters. Uh, I I I I I didn't even uh, visit him during my campaign because I know they don't register to vote. Okay. They don't recognize democratic uh, uh, constitution or anything that, like that. So, but indeed, we were planning because a week to a week to the clash with the army. There was a clash between the Shiites and another religious sect, mm-hmm. the Tijaniya sect, in a village just outside Zaria called Gabari. Mm-hmm. And what happened was that Al-Zagzaki's supporters tried to take over a mosque that they did not build, yes. a mosque belonging to another sect. Yes. Okay. And there was a clash and two people were killed. Okay? Uh, so we, 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 we took the police, uh, we deployed the police to that location, and el group, two of el people were killed. Mm-hmm. So his group regrouped, brought people from Kogi state mm-hmm. to attack that village again. Luckily for us, we had mobilized and the police were there to protect the village. Mm-hmm. And again, two more of his people were killed. Mm-hmm. So we had plans to invite him
2: mm-hmm.
1: to, come and, uh, to come to the government house and discuss and ask why is this happening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but then this happened. This, okay. this, this, this thing intervened, because the Gabari incident happened on Thursday
2: mm-hmm.
1: and our plan was to invite him on Monday. Yes. Then this uh, clash with, with the, the army, army took place uh-huh. on Saturday, so we had plans to talk to him, and as I said, I know him,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I know the kind of person I'm dealing with, I, but happily too, he knows me, he yes. knows I'll take no nonsense, mm-hmm. no nonsense. and uh, what he was doing to previous state governments, he knows he would not try it with me, So we would have met and tried to find a way out. But as I said, I'm not sure if we are not too late, because by then the Shiites have become so steeped in their impunity, they believed they could get out with anything, they believe they were above the law, Mm -hmm. that perhaps nothing could have stopped what happened from happening. But yes, we intended to invite him and talk to him, and uh, maybe uh, put some sense into him, uh, and and our hope is that that will go down the organization,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, we couldn't because yes, you know, that, that they, that w- what happened point. happened and we had to deal with what, what happened. Now I think part of the problem that we, 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 came, we, we had to come to terms with was the fact that in all the previous years in which the I M N had engaged in acts that were totally unlawful and acts of impunity, there has been no response from the state. There has been no investigation of previous clashes between the IMN and other law enforcement agencies. You know, I mean, if the clash between the Nigerian Army and the IMN in 2013 or 2014 had been investigated by the authorities at the time, yes, maybe this would not no, have happened. Okay. But you know, um, no, no, there were no investigations. There were no, no one was held accountable. And I remember that in 2014, when that clash happened. I think some 35 people were killed. Yes. Now you cannot have 35 of your citizens killed without anyone being held to account, without any explanation, or even an understanding of what happened so yes. that you so, so that you avoid, you avoid a recurrence. Mm-hmm. But this is what we found and this is why we felt that the best way to go about it was to study this uh, situation of, you know, uh, continuous confrontations with mm-hmm. law enforcement by the IMN in a holistic manner and uh, yeah. I think we have a blueprint now around which we can walk.
0: Hopefully the white people will be out today and those interested can go out and read it. Please inform yourself, don't just restrict your knowledge of the situation to social media, mm-hmm. that will be terrible, please read up and inform yourself by yourself. Yeah.